people saying that CEO is uh, stands for um, culture uh, executive officer, uh, not the <laughs> chief executive officer. So it all starts by you know playing playing a role and being a role a role model. Listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about two of my favorite topics, leadership's impact on culture and the MarTech space. You've all heard me go on and on about the MarTech 5000, which is now actually 7000. And we're going to talk about trends, myths, and reality. To help us, I am honored to have with me Ohad Hecht, CEO of MarTech firm Marsis. Ohad, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show. The honor is uh, absolutely mine, and thanks so much for having me here. So we always start with uh, a r- kind of a random question so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. And I've been on this kick. I'm really curious about what people are passionate about outside of work. So it, what is it that you're passionate about that those people that may only know you through work or through a prof- professional persona might be surprised to learn about? I'll start with the, a random answer. <laughs> so, you know that uh, I used to live in Hong Kong for many years, uh, 12 years to be more uh, more precise. And you know how um, Hong Kong is, they, they always choose uh, an uh, American name, like uh, Jackie Chang, you know, the movie star is yep. Jackie Chang. And uh, so when I came when I came over here, my name is uh, Ohad, it's an Israeli name. I didn't tell you this, I think that uh, people call me over here, Chad. <laughs> that's oh, not really? By, that's, that's, <laughs> not, that's not by choice. They they mistaken the own. They they thinking well, it must be a typo, and it's actually a C. It's a chat. Uh, honestly, we are both bold. Uh, we have similar <laughs> we have similar name. Uh, so that's the random answer. But um, uh, most seriously, uh, I used to have long hair, uh, believe it or not, and I um, used to be a bass guitar. We had uh, two bands. Uh, we recorded songs. I had myself a couple of times in the national radio in Israel, which wow. was a pretty big fuss. Yeah, in prime time. And uh, these days, uh, started teaching myself uh, playing uh, the guitar. So moved away from bass to uh, really uh, playing the guitar, and I I enjoy the hell of it. It's just fantastic. <laughs> it's a passion for sure, then. Yep, absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that. So, so let's talk Martech. We've had brief conversations about how crowded this place has become. And you've probably, I mean, I'm sure having worked with me, you've heard me go off about my, I get on my soapbox about the Martech 5000 <laughs> from a marketing standpoint. It drives me nuts. But as a leader in, in that space, what trends are you seeing in Martech that excite you right now? All right. So uh, th- there's a couple of them. And you started to say uh, that it's bothering you or what was the word that you used? The crowded. It's oh, crowded. yeah. Yeah. So I'll, uh, go on. No, it, yeah. It's it, it. There's. I have a hard time when people talk about the Martech 5000, and we all know there's more than 5000 companies in the Martech space. So it's just. It's just that something. It's one of those little. My OCD kicks in. No, it's actually seven thousand four uh, seven thousand forty today. Well, so that's if to be, today. If to be precise. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I'll put myself in the uh, user shoes, and you know what excites me as 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 a user, because as a user, that actually what what drives what we need actually to do. And you know, the first thing is, I think if you look at enterprise software today, nothing changed a lot in the last uh, decade or so. 
So in so many ways, people are still working for software. And I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of examples from our lives, which one of the best age software. And we deployed in the months. It took us a good part of uh, a year and uh, three months just to bring everything up to speed. And I cannot tell you that afterwards, uh, actually, we as, as team members saw actually any, any benefit, right? So you, you're working for the software. Same thing with the financial ERP. It took us about a year and a half to deploy it. And actually, we closed faster. We closed in two weeks before. And right afterwards, it took us uh, three and a half weeks to close, to close a month, right? Until we retrained the system and put all the knowledge in. And so this equation you know, did not break it. And we need to see how, and I'll give you then a good example, how software actually helping us and augmenting our capabilities as human beings to do a better job. So a good example is a rollout that we had uh, just recently with an, uh, with an OKR system that um, from, uh, you know, selecting it and the buying process and then to deploying it took us about two weeks. So wow. everything is really intuitive. Uh, it already has all the knowledge, uh, all the knowledge inside, and it feels it's actually helping us, right, and teaching us rather than just uh, taking the process and uh, just computerizing it. So the first thing that uh, I see that really excites me is this change in uh, in power, right, where we actually need to have technology that helps us rather than we helping helping it. <laughs> everything should be no, honestly, but, yeah, right? no, everything it's a, it's should a great be much. Point. Everything should be much faster, much simpler, as opposed to I'll work for the system and I have very long integration. So speed is, is a key today. Okay, so that's the, the first thing. Second thing that excites me is um, uh, I, everything with uh, ION, personalization, uh, specialization, and individualization. And, and, and I'll explain, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> personalization, especially in, you know, being a consumer, I care about what... I want, right? Because I'm giving you all my data and I'm, I'm sharing it with you. So please don't abuse it and use it in the right way to give me what I want. I want to feel, I want to feel unique. I don't want to feel as one as one as many. So that's personalization is getting really, really, really important. And I think for us as a consumers, we want to see that brands actually care uh, about uh, about us and delivering what we care about. So that's personalization. But, the specialization, we see uh, a trend whereby uh, instead of companies just delivering functions and uh, technology, you know, and generalizing their proposition, and then it's up to us as human beings to work with this and to teach the, the technology. It should help us do a better job. We see companies that are specializing, specializing in a segment in the market, specializing on geography, on specific verticals. So specialization, especially in um, the market, uh, 7,040 uh, 7, <laughs> is becoming really important. And the last bit is uh, individual individualization. So give me a piece of software that I can individualize to my needs. So think about the screens that I can just organize the way that I want to with my special reporting, right? So I can build any report I want. I can build the front screen in the way that I want to see it. And I can eliminate the parts that are irrelevant for me and keep the parts that are relevant for me. Should I continue? Because I have more. Like you push the button there. Yeah, yeah. No, keep going. This is great. Keep going. Yeah. All right. So, so, uh, uh, holistically and, and it's, it's, it's the part of the specialization, um, the bit of, you know, here is general software, right? The problem that we see today in the market uh, is that, uh, and it's starting to change it, many, many, many different companies. And it's not only the marketing space and sales space. Developers are focusing on driving functionality and, uh, and technology, 
right? So I'll excite you by having this functionality or this technology, but again, it's up to the, to the humans actually to take those functions and to make it something, you know, an holistic uh, solution. So how human beings are doing it, we have the knowledge, right? And so we're using technology to embed the knowledge and to make sure technology encapsulate and have the knowledge in order to drive, drive the value. So we see systems like the OKR system tool that I gave you, for example, that start to um, contain the knowledge and have an end-to-end uh, solution. So usually, you know, especially in the vendor side, historically, many companies rely on software and people to deliver the knowledge different type of uh, consultants, uh, professional services. And I see a trend whereby a lot of this knowledge is going uh, into the application sort of. So I'm calling it uh, an holistic end-to-end solution. And that's really, really exciting because for us as human beings, as users, it's making the whole experience uh, really easy, right? And then we can focus on stuff that we are really good at rather than just, you know, logistics and operation and connecting the bits and the nuts and bolts. <laughs> it, it's true. And um, the last the last bit uh, is real-time versus historical. And many of the systems that we're seeing today work off uh, historical, historical data. And I think specific, specifically for our sales audiences, uh, CRM is using historical data, right? So it doesn't tell you what your customer and your client is doing right now and embedding this, this knowledge and having or giving the ability to the uh, operator to uh, correspond with the user in real time. So systems are going from historical data and uh, segmentation to real-time, uh, real-time interaction. And it's really, really exciting because it gives us users what we want in real time. Yeah, and it's a, and it's all about that, right? It's about what we want, when we want it, how we need it, you know, so we can be, I like that point, be better versions of ourselves. I mean, you and I both, back when we both had hair, we were used to, <laughs> we're used to software that we had to train and it was, and it does, you're right. It's such a pain in the rear end to do that. It, you drive less efficiency, you lose time. And, and if somebody, you know, let's, let's hope the same person sets it up and if multiple people have a different view of how it should be set up the system foundation can be set up so incorrectly that like with your example it can take a process that was two weeks and turn it into three and a half and so you i think i think that real-time element especially and you see it in martech because of the pre-targeting or you know hey i whispered that i was looking to buy a house and now all of a sudden my facebook feed or my instagram feed there's all these realtor ads right so that kind of that awareness of tying it all together and being able to act in real time i think is going to be great so when we look at exciting trends let's look at the other side of that are there things that concern you and that you're working to prepare a Marsis to overcome or maybe leverage as a new opportunity in the space so uh, you know my simple answer is no and it sounds a bit arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounds arrogant but I'll, I'll, let me explain myself and I'll, I'll start with uh, a story back in the days when I started my MBA and I think it was uh, a decade ago just uh, just now maybe 11 years even my uh, marketing professor asked me, and we had a SWOT analysis, and uh, he asked the class, what do you think will, is the most important thing that you need to pay attention to? Is it the uh, competitive landscape and your competitors? And there was a sort of a consensus in the class that uh, that, that was actually driving uh, the way that she should act. My answer was different, and I said that I, I, I do think that it's up to us, you know, the company and, and the capabilities that you have and the talent that you have, to make the changes and to see where you're going rather than the market dictates you what, what to do or your competitors. And I struggled with this question for such a long, uh, you know, such a long time, really years. And was I, was I right? Was I, was I wrong? 
And uh, reflecting on this 10 years, 10 years later, 11 maybe, <laughs> I think there is a lot of uh, uh, truth into it. Because if, you know, I described to you what, what excites me. And uh, on, on our end, uh, if we wouldn't take advantage of those changes on what excites us and what we see as a, a good trend and we wouldn't be able to change, then the failure is on our end. So it boils down to execution and the ability to take the positive trends and act upon them and making sure that you are changing yourself. That's why there is nothing of concern because we are doing the right thing to change ourselves and to make sure that we are delivering to our customers and uh, eventually also to to um, their customers solution that adhere to the trends and the needs. Does yeah, that make sense? It's a, yeah, that's a, it's a great point. And it actually, it demonstrates, it demonstrates one of the things I, that I greatly respect about Johad is the awareness, the self-awareness, that uh, awareness of are we doing the right things for the right reasons to drive the decision-making process? It, it is uh, for me, one of the things that I've, has always drawn me to you. And so that part of your personality and perspective has been critical. I have no doubt in the transformation that Amarsis has gone through in the last Thank year. You so I mean, much. you're talking. Oh, no problem. I mean, you guys have, you guys have done technology transformation to marketing, to selling, to measuring. Can you provide our audience with an overview of that journey? How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, uh, I'm going to produce today or, uh, today's the 20th of uh, December when we're recording it. Uh, I'm going to produce my last, uh, video to the team and I, on several stages that I've, uh, taking Christmas parties and talking to the teams, I, for about long and hard, you know, how, how to summarize the year and, and the efforts and the changes. And I described the, the momentum, what excites me. And we started a process that took us uh, almost two years to, uh, I would not say to finish because, uh, you know, we are still on this, uh, on this path, but to, to start from, from an idea that emerged and, and then changing the whole company around this idea. And so taking those trends, we need to, we need to think or we thought uh, long and hard on how we're actually changing ourselves to make sure that we are more competitive, to make sure that we are real time, to making sure that we are providing a holistic solution, to make sure that we are sparing the time of our of our clients. Because who has time and who has you know endless resources to uh, to invest in just getting the system off the off the ground? And how is the future going to look like? And so we started with a uh, idea and. Uh, we went down to uh, to different different routes where it's actually impacting the impacting the business. A, it started with the, the software itself. So we changed uh, the UX, we changed the value proposition, we embedded knowledge into the into the application without going to the nuts and bolts. But there were very big changes also in the way that we developed. Um, so instead of focusing on specific products. We changed the entire development uh, teams uh, into focusing on uh, on verticals, and we aligned teams into verticals. We also then changed. I'm getting excited, man. It's just, yeah, great. You know, I love awesome. this stuff. Um, <laughs> we also changed. We also changed completely the the technology itself, and we separated the personalization platform itself from the knowledge platform. So personalization should be completely agnostic, and then we can embed embed the knowledge which will give our clients a, a holistic end-to-end solution will save the time. So that's, that's where it's uh, started. But then from there, you need to think on, you know, how it's actually manifested on your um, employees, on your team members, and then also on, uh, also on clients. So then you break it down to a couple of additional uh, parts. A, you need to build a uh, completely new uh, messaging so uh, we sat down for uh, three or four months even, and we worked on um, a messaging a messaging platform. How do we explain actually 
what is the value to our to our customers uh, with this with this huge we change so this is one path it means a new website completely it means a new sales presentation it means completely changing the way that we are delivering the messaging uh, via the sales teams the SDRs and the marketing to our audiences then we also of course uh, work with you guys to make sure that it's not only our ideas so we hired a value selling team to come and help us to formulate the way that we are delivering it so it's not only the content itself but it's also the professionally professionalism and systemizing it across the hundreds of people that we have we have in the field and it continued from there to uh, pricing and packaging and then migrating to the our clients to the new pricing and packaging and that's uh changed completely our our profile now uh, this journey is already 2 years and uh i really feel that uh all the team came together you know for the teams and including myself it was hard at the beginning cuz you want to take an idea that is not very clear to you and you want to make sure that everyone is changing really fast so you're not losing time cuz that's one of your advan- advantages and then you need to convince your team members that that's the right thing to do and <laughs> we as human beings you know we everyone say that wow we will change you know and here is something new but when it boils down to here is something new well what is it right <laughs> and we, we we sort of <laughs> we sort of stick to what we know that you know worked before or, or that we did before so you need to uh, sort of pivot pivot the boat or change the direction of of the boat while it's still going on you know full speed and that's 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 the path and uh, it really feels that uh, things are uh, um, sort of uh, coming together it resonates with our clients it resonates with the with the industry we just uh, i don't know if to be awarded but uh, forester uh, named us as the leader in ccm wave cross channel campaign management wave which which for us it's a very good indication that we are on the right path to take all those trends and actually create the value to our to our clients and to our employees and, and that journey we I mean, we've talked about this before too right nobody wakes up in the morning and says oh i want to change today right nobody nobody is excited about that rarely no. unless it's there i I read, I read somewhere that <laughs> <laughs> and so that change and that that ability to do that while scaling and and balancing growth and profitability we know there's no silver bullet right but culture is a critical component and i and i've experienced and been lucky enough to see some of the efforts uh, internally at marsis to really create that right culture to support that change. But how have you kind of approached that culture change at Amarsis? Okay. So firstly, I think it's not an I, it's a, it's a we. Okay. And if, if, if it's all, it's, if it starts by an I, it's a, I don't believe in an I, it's only, it's always a group. It's a group of, uh, of, uh, of people. So it's uh, let's uh, forget about the I and the we. In Amarsis, we are, we are lucky to have amazing people. Hence the reason that many of us have uh, been working in a tech company, which I think it's unusual for a very long time. And I'm uh, nearly a decade in the, in the company, and there are many like me, and even people with the, you know, they've been around for 12, 15, even 17 years. The founder is still around. 17, 19 years, uh, actually. And um, I think that the first thing, without going to all, to all the values, uh, so we start with the I and with the we, the first thing is... Um, you know, people saying that CEO is uh, stands for um, culture uh, executive officer, uh, not the chief executive officer. So it all starts by you know playing playing a role and being a role a role model. The second thing that is very important is to truly care, to truly care about people, because people it's it's everything. And I don't think it's slogan. I don't think it's cliche. People are your customers. 
and people are your employees and people are your shareholders to truly care about about people because people when people felt feel that they really cared about they will do everything right so that's the second the second thing and the third thing is is manifesting the, the care and the value that you believe in actually in um, in, a, in a formula formulated uh, values that people can see right but this can still be sorry for the word it can be a bs right you just <laughs> print value and hang them on the wall and people just go next to it so it's not it's not that right that's what we really believe in here you see it in front of you the next thing is creating actually a system whereby um, those values are lived on a day-to-day and actually are sort of like a guiding torch to uh, a right behavior and guiding you through um, the decision that you're making on day-to-day on every individual that helps you to distinguish between is that the right decision for me or that's wrong because it's not adhering to what we believe we believe in. And um, the, the next thing is creating a, a strong mechanism and empowerment, you know, to the to the teams to say, "Hey, um, Ohad, what you said uh, is not the way you're behaving, right?" So, call it uh, 800, 800 refs that uh, have the ability to, uh, you know, blow the whistle and say, "This is BS," because <laughs> you're not. No, honestly, right? You're yeah. not. You're not. You're not. You're not walking the. Uh, you're not walking the talk, and that's true to, uh, you know, to all of us. And so if you define it and if you really care and if you live it by day to day and then you have a strong mechanism that allows people to criticize each other actions, then that's what culture is to me. And it's a perfect example of um, professional and personal accountability and respect. The ability, the safety to be able to question and say, hey, I don't feel like you're walking the walk, you know, as much as you should be or something to create that into the culture, to have the sense of self-confidence to put yourself. I mean, any leader needs to be able to, to hopefully take some feedback, but to be able to openly do that in the middle of a massive two year plus transformation while instilling and living the culture, that's I mean, that's a big lift. And so the next obvious question is, it's got to be exhausting. (laughs) So how do you invest in yourself to stay at the top of your game, to keep the right mindset, to stay focused, to make sure you're always bringing your A game? Okay. Um, you know, the, there is the metaphor about, uh, you juggling five balls and one of them is family and one of them health and one of them is uh, friendship and one of them is uh, fitness and the other one is, uh, work and you know if uh, any of them will fall they will uh, scratch and maybe even uh, break and and work is uh, is made of it's a rubber ball it bounces bounces back <laughs> and and i think that uh, there is a great book that i'm also reading now that called called the one and said that um, on the five ball you know on the health and on the family and friends uh, you should really have uh what is not short-term strategy short-term attention you cannot detach from them for a very long time. Otherwise you'll not be who you are. And it's very hard to recover from, you know, dropping one of those, uh, one of those balls and success is a long, is a long term. So for me, I'm trying to um, live by, you know, this, uh, this metaphor of juggling five balls. And I'm uh, for my, uh, for myself every day, I'm editing uh, twice a day to make sure that I have my uh, downtime and I'm giving myself and my brain some uh, peace. I'm exercising every day, which is really important for me. So never neglect your, never neglect your body, never neglect your brain, never neglect your uh, uh, health, never neglect your family. So again, I can walk you through my day. I'm studying meditation. I'm then training uh, every day. Every day I uh, read a book on the way to work, on the way back. So the the 
peace around learning something new constantly, constantly, constantly. Not only about your domain, but also in other areas that are... Uh, that you didn't think that it would be interesting to you. So I'm reading books around, uh, you know, philosophy sometimes and behavioral economics and uh, even magicians. You know, uh, I read sort of the, the additional books similar to Harry Potter that I love. Yeah. Um, so I, I read it and it's, that's every day. And then I have time for my uh, family. I'm trying to be every day that I'm not traveling uh, to spend time over dinner with my kids and then uh, some personal time with my wife. I have every week... Um, date night with my wife. So we're making sure that, uh, you know, all those, uh, pieces of me are living, uh, are living together. And then also then the guitar, of course, comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's a, there's a, I, I'm with you on the reading and feeding your head. You know, we've talked about that before. I, there's a book I'll shoot you uh, in an email. It's called slight of mind. It's actually the neuroscience behind how magicians tricks work and some of the stuff ah. they've done around it. It's, it's amazing. I'll, I'll shoot you the link, uh, in the love email, it. but, uh, thank you. It's a great one to dive into. All right. So just uh, out of respect for time, let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions at the end of each interview. The first is simply <laughs> as a CEO that makes you the revenue revenue executive. And that makes you a prospect for a lot of sales professionals. Mm-hmm. So I'm always interested to know if somebody doesn't have a reference or a referral or a relationship or a way in, what is it that you find captures your attention uh, and builds the credibility and trust enough for you to give somebody 15 minutes on your calendar? The one is a fundamental mistake. When everyone thinks C-level buys, buys everything. And so every day I'm getting, uh, I don't know, about 20 emails and LinkedIn messages and people that try to, uh, to call me that think that I'm making all the decisions in the company for everyone. And it is wrong. And it has to be a combination of contributors that have, you know, that can be sometimes even more than silent influences to also PNL owns eventually, you know, signed papers, but it's the, uh, the users or operators that are actually inflating the need. So um, you need to speak with different people across the organization to make sure you have buy-ins from A, the people that initiate a purchase process or that actually feeling the pain to the one that creates value them on the C-suite. So this is uh, one. Second, um, you know, it must be personal. And uh, I'm sorry, but I'm tired to receive so many emails that, uh, and messages are sort of impersonal. Sometimes it's I'm receiving it from systems and I, I got an eye for it. I know exactly by the subject line and no, seriously, I spend not more than two seconds on just deleting them. I know when it's coming from a system. I know when it's completely impersonal and someone is just following uh, a copy, right. And just copy paste and it's sort of fishing with dynamite, right? You throw the dynamite in and you're hoping that, you know, it will, hit the fish and it will float and uh, it just doesn't work. So it has to be personal. It has to be relevant. The third thing is, and I'll give you a very good example, is you need to be using different channels. So if you think that you just send an email, just LinkedIn, it's, it just doesn't work. And, um, you know, I'm being approached by many people and many recruiters that want just to uh, uh, help us uh, recruit people and the people that wants to work for us. And there was this one guy uh, that stood out. And the way he did it, he firstly he sent to many of us in the company LinkedIn messages. So he connected with uh, with me. He connected with the president of uh, North America, with our recruiter, with the uh, VP of uh, of sales in uh, in Americas. He then sends me an email. Then he continued to make sure that he's he's sending me actually a letter. And 
he didn't actually send, you know, here is my resume. He went over all the challenges in hiring a salespeople and why, you know, why should I go and opt for his experience and his value? And he just put it on paper and why he would be so good for us, stating specifically the type of customer that we uh, sold to that he used to sell uh, as well to his specific network and which customer, new customer he can bring to us. And so, you know, he just got on my, on my radar. So it's consistency, it's using different stakeholders and it's personalizing the message and then using different channels. This was fantastic for me. Another great example is um, people that actually taking the time to understand your business and your challenges and your problems. Uh, and I remember that uh, it was, I think, two, three weeks ago that someone who's doing SEO semi-complete report on our business and our SEO challenges that we had. And he took the time to go to several of the pages and show us where we have issues with uh, words and with latency in our, in our web in our web page and what competitors are doing. So this was very, very, very precise and gave me specific information on, you know, that sometimes I'm not seeing in the business on where we have problems and what this person can actually uh, help us. This stood out. This was very personal. This was very targeted. It created value. And the last bit is um, people sometimes forget they are uh, selling to people and there has to be an equal, equal value. Right, so um, I value your time, and I'll give you something, and I'll sell you something that will create to you value. Excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. It's been amazing. I really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much uh, for having me. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. Check us out at b2brevexec.com. You know the drill. Share it with friends, family, coworkers. If you like what you hear, leave us a review. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.